Welcome to the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name is David Wheatley. We're here to talk leadership in small, bite-sized and practical chunks. Enjoy. Well, hi there. This is another of our first Friday episodes, and this time it's the turn of Lance Satterthwaite to talk to you about the green path and why taking the green path when we have issues is the right way to go. Uh, he's going to share some wisdom about the difference between the green path and the red path. If you've heard this before, this is a great reinforcement, and there's a lot of stuff that Lance has added that would really add some value. So enjoy it. Here's Lance. Today, what we're going to talk about is how uh, teams and some of those not so great teams uh, end up resolving issues, and we're going to call it green path and red path. Um, before I dig into some of the specifics, I'd like to share, uh, I've been working with um, developing teams for close to 25 years. And interesting enough, um, regardless of what model I've ever seen or used around uh, developing teams, the idea of uh, conflict and issues play a critical role in every model I've ever used around team development. So if you're familiar with the idea of <clears throat> form, storm, norm, perform model, uh, in that model, that storming phase is the issue resolution dealing with conflict. If you're familiar with Patrick Lencioni's five dysfunctions of a team, uh, you know, there's an aspect around fear of conflict is actually uh, one of the five dysfunctions. And so we have our own model uh, that I'll be talking about today and sharing with you. And it's based on our book uh, called What Great Teams Do Great. And of course, as a part of our model, believe it or not, uh, resolving issues is a uh, is a part of it. So, how this model works um, is great teams up front tend to get aligned, and uh, they may do things around setting up a team, like getting to know each other, um, setting goals, uh, expectations. They begin to actually plan the work, establish things like roles and responsibilities and actually put together a plan. And so if you want to know anything more around this part of the model, uh, my colleague Corey Fernandez did an awesome uh, First Friday presentation last month, and really he went uh, into that part of it. So today I'm steering away from that part, and if teams uh, work to get aligned, next they actually have to do real work, right? And so they have to do things like collaborate and make decisions and they have to uh, meet uh, and whatnot. And as real work happens, what is always true is these wonderful things called issues appear, right? And so the issues part of it uh, can be things like misunderstandings. They could be drop balls. They could be maybe a process uh, itself isn't working the way we, uh, we thought it should. Um, and sometimes um, it's bigger things like external factors we experience, like a pandemic uh, that forces us to change, right? That's an issue. Um, or maybe it's a, a really big error that has somehow put uh, either our people or our organization at risk. And sometimes it's interpersonal conflicts, right? And so there's lots of examples of, of different issues. And what we always say is when we hit the issues box, Essentially, that's when people have a choice to make, right? And uh, they can either A, go green or go red. And what I always tell people is the sign of a high-performing team is not whether they have issues. 
it's really an all about how do they go about actually handling uh, and resolving those issues. So for today, I'm going to talk through uh, some of the behaviors uh, that indicate whether we are uh, going green or going red. So we call them green paths or red paths because they tend to lead somewhere. And so the people that travel, the teams that travel on those green paths uh, generally do a couple things. Even if they don't fully resolve the issue, uh, one, in general, they have gotten to a better understanding about the issue. Hopefully they've done something to maybe improve or move that issue forward, even if they haven't fully resolved it. And C, I think one of the indicators of being on the green path is it establishes and builds trust uh, with each other. On the flip side of that, uh, where does the red path lead us to? Well, just read the chat feature of what you all talked about earlier. Uh, there's lots of different things, and uh, usually our signs and signals are, number one, we did not uh, resolve the issue, right? We did not move it forward. Two, it leads to less trust, and then all of a sudden what we begin to see is more and more issues arise, right? As people either uh, become less engaged or frustration increases and they start becoming more combative. And so it does matter uh, what is the travel path on your teams. Is it more green? Uh, is it more red? So let's talk about some of the more specific behaviors on, and how do we know we're on the green path. Imagine there's an issue and somebody on your team or imagine you actually want to go and be a part of the solution. There's a number of behaviors uh, that actually happen on the green path. And what I'm going to introduce to you today is uh, CHAD, right? So CHAD is our acronym around the idea of green path is three things. Number one, it's caring. That's the C part of CHAD. Number two, it is honest, the H part of CHAD. And then the small a is the and, and then D uh, is direct, right? So we're going to walk through what does this really mean? What does this uh, really look like? Let's start with the C part of Chad, and there's a couple parts of this caring piece. Number one, uh, if you've been around Humanergy, you know that we promote caring is a part of caring for the greater good. In this case, what does that mean for the green path? It's really about are you open to considering this perspective of those that are both involved and impacted by the issue at hand? Right. So, uh, you know, frequently when I actually ask groups and ask people that I work with around, you know, their best practice of resolving issues, the term empathy often is mentioned. And so the idea of the willingness to step into other people's shoes, to see the issue uh, through others' eyes and be willing to really be open and truly listen to other people's perspectives. Uh, so to be green means to be greater good focus. And what that then doesn't mean is red tends to be self-focused and that you believe when it comes to the issue that your way is the right way. So the other part I would offer around caring is it's about being respectful. Uh, so some term it uh, remaining professional through your words, through your tone, through your approach uh, as you try and resolve the issue. And so it's recognizing we are literally working with human beings uh, in adopting the mantra, uh, treat others how you wish to be treated. So what is the opposite of that caring piece? 
while the opposite uh, tends to be one, yes, it's uncaring, but oftentimes it's regarded as going on the attack. So words like blaming others in times when people are getting defensive, uh, that tends to be our signs and signals of red path behaviors. So next I'm gonna move from caring uh, to the honest part or the H part in Chad. And honesty requires vulnerability and vulnerability requires courage. And so I say that uh, because some I think sometimes people hear the green path and what they think is like, oh, that's like some magical Pollyannish path to like us just being like, can't we all just get along? And that is not the green path, right? So the green path is not about just being nice. Notice when I reviewed the caring part, I never mentioned the word nice once. And so I'm not saying be mean about things, uh, but I am saying uh, you need to achieve two things at once, caring and honest, right? And so what that means is uh, we're not dancing around the issue. We're not watering down uh, our message because the green path actually is the hard path. It requires that you sometimes say the tough stuff. It requires that sometimes you identify uh, the elephants in the room uh, so that you can uh, fully understand the issue and that you can try and figure out how do you improve it or how do you resolve it. So if being honest is being free of uh, de deceit, a term I would offer you is congruence, right? And here's the test around honesty is what I'm thinking on the inside about this issue, what I'm expressing then on the outside, right? I think it's a great litmus test for honesty and it is a huge and critical part of the green path. Now, being honest does not necessarily mean you have the truth, right? You have your truth and so being on the green path and being honest means you're willing to be transparent around your truth. So what is it then not? Uh, so oftentimes uh, the red path or the opposite part of honesty, surely it's dishonesty, but a lot of times it's avoiding, right? It's freezing, it's ignoring, it's accommodating. And again, those are behaviors that signal uh, of the red path and are not a part of that honest piece. So thus far I've covered caring, which is saying it in a way that's greater good oriented and being respectful saying in a way that's honest or saying what needs to be said. And the last piece of this Chad is let's be direct. And how I define that is saying it to whom it needs to be said to. So how many times uh, have you had somebody at your work come to you and actually complain about another coworker, right? And oftentimes it's justified by the complainer as saying, oh, I'm just needing to vent or I just need to get something off of my chest. And really here's the question. In your workplace, what is the expectation about venting? Because there are some serious watch outs if venting is just a normal and natural part of how we go about dealing with issues. I would offer it creates factions, it creates rumors, it creates distrust, and in the end, it in general will not resolve the issue, right? And so now all of a sudden what we have is the issue lingers, it will eventually snowball, and we may even have a full-blown crisis on our hands 
that actually could have been prevented by being direct. So the highest performing teams, at least I get to work with and be around, they set an expectation and here's the expectation. If you ever come to me about an issue regarding another person, it is only to get you ready to go have the direct conversation with that other person, right? So then there's actual follow-up and I would ensure and uh, or you would ensure that the conversation takes place and we close that loop. So in other words, if it's important enough for you to say something to me about the issue, then it's important enough that you're going to roll up your sleeves and you're going to attempt to resolve the issue directly with the source. And I've worked with a lot of teams specifically around that norm and that expectation. And I will say uh, every time it really gains legs and momentum, uh, each team really remarks around how much better their team functions as a result of that norm and that expectation. There is one other thing that I want to mention around uh, direct versus indirect. Emailing people is actually an emailing people about an issue rather than picking up the phone or going eyeball to eyeball is a less direct way of resolving an issue. And so uh, oftentimes it feels easier to do this, but oftentimes it is far less effective. At Humanergy, we always tell people, email's an awesome way to summarize an understanding, but it's often a terrible way to create a mutual understanding, right? And so what that means is as the emails begin flying around about an issue and now all of a sudden half the company is being CC'd on it and people are weighing in on it, uh, you know, it's ha somebody having the insight to be able to pause and stop the group and say, let's meet on this, right? It's a far more effective uh, and efficient way. So being indirect, uh, you know, in that red path behavior, it does include things like avoiding, ignoring. The making excuses part is making excuses why you can't be direct with the source and or simply whining about the topic, but not being willing to actually do anything about it, right? And again, those are all examples of red path behaviors. So as I conclude, whoop, let me back up one. So as I conclude, uh, I want to share a, uh, a conversation uh, from a group recently, and we were just talking about what they're learning uh, on the green path. And I just really uh, want to capture some of their insights. Number one, uh, what was said is there's a difference between knowing what to do and actually doing it right. So my guess is everything uh, we just covered, you would know that, and it's hard to actually put that into practice. Number two, to go and to stay green path requires real planning. It requires real preparation, right? So it just doesn't happen out of the blue. Uh, we have to get our mindset uh, and we have to get our thinking straight. Number three, it is hard. Right. And I want to re underscore that one. It is hard. And here's the end. And it gets easier the more you do it. So if your team can start getting that habit more and more, it will get easier. And then here's the last thing is uh, somebody said, it actually works. <laughs> you know, it's like, hey, if we actually do this, uh, we recognize we get a better understanding of the issue. We actually either improve or resolve an issue and it builds trust. So thank you, Lance. And that was the last of our first Fridays for a while. 
Uh, we're going to take a summer hiatus be back in September. And if you are interested in our first Friday sessions, you can go to humanity.com and sign up for the first Friday work sessions starting in September. And we've got a schedule that's running all the way through March at the moment, but I imagine it will continue beyond there too. That was the Humanity Leadership Podcast. My name's David Wheatley. For further information about Humanity, go to humanity.com or check out our latest book, What Great Teams Do Great, from all good bookstores. Have a good one. Stay healthy. Thank you.